The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. And... Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network from the Nebraska State Fair. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson's joining us with Heartland Farm Partners based out of Lincoln. And I tell you, Jeff, during the Nebraska State Fair, folks stop by. Producers are looking at the markets. They're seeing the interaction with what's been happening with the prices. But many are wondering, you know, this announcement and trade deal that came with Mexico. What are your thoughts and how has it been affecting the way the markets trade? Yeah, I think it's great that we actually have got a deal in place, and I, I realize that Congress has to approve it yet, and we still need to, to get Canada to come in, but it is nice that we're one step closer to being able to work through some of the trade challenges that we have. You know, there's a lot of deals unknown yet in regard to how everything's going to come together, and it looks like it's going to leave the door open for Canada, but there are a lot of questions yet in regard to, is this going to do away with NAFTA, or are we going to just try to have an agreement with Mexico. Overall, for the market, it's given us some support. It's told us that one of our major buyers of of corn looks like they are going to be there. You know, whether or not we're working all the details out, that's coming together. And over on the pork side, it's also positive there that, you know, one of our largest markets or the largest market on the pork side looks like it's getting closer to being back online full steam. So we'll we'll have to see what uh, additional information comes as we go forward. But Overall, I'd say it's positive. Well, you know, it it makes it curious because producers were talking here wondering how this all does fit together. So that kind of leads me into the next question then. Are we going to have a special agreement between the U.S. and Mexico, a special agreement between U.S. and Canada? Are we going to kind of see maybe a little bit reworking where all three are together under a whole new NAFTA name? Yeah, and as we as we start talking about that, I think what's interesting about that is that I think if you were to look at Trump's case, he'd just as soon have individual deals with each country. I think Canada, they would prefer to end up having it where we're all three parties involved. The outgoing president from uh, Mexico, he's probably okay if we don't have a deal with Canada including, but the new president would prefer to have Canada involved. So I think in the end... We do end up getting all parties together, but I think there's a 15, 20% chance that we may have to negotiate separate deals with each country. In the end, I don't think that'll hurt our prices, but it, it is a, a question mark and something different from where we started off at. That's kind of where I was wondering if that was going to kind of reset the thinking of Canada as they look at the deal that U.S. and Mexico has put together. And I know dairy, for example, has been a big issue with Canada and how this was all going to fit together in the end. Yeah, I think that is going to be a big deal because uh, the hardest part with Canada, and it's going to be much harder with Canada than it has been with Mexico, the situation on the dairy has been one that Trump has focused on. And uh, I think that's an area that's probably kind of out of bounds in regard to the way Canada is looking at it. One of the areas that I think will be a little bit tougher also is that there's there's a part in the agreement with Mexico that talks about Uh, reducing any type of penalties or making it harder to bring any type of actions against the U.S. and any type of violation of a trade agreement. And Canada was willing to subside on that. But I would say... um, Canada overall, though, they uh, they wanted to, they're a little bit firmer on that, and they're telling us that they don't want to, to see that part in the agreement. Yesterday, the announcement came from the USDA in regards to assistance for farmers because of all these tariffs and the things that we've been talking about today on the final bell. How do you see that impacting the grain market, and especially the corn producer looks at and goes, I'm only getting a penny 
I mean, there's a lot of guys that say it was a punch in the gut. Yeah, it really is. And, and they both have got hit hard. Uh, the beans have got hit more than the corn. But I, I agree. I, I feel for the corn producer. Fortunately, in, in most of the areas, that corn producer is also a soybean producer. But I, but I think what it does get us closer to is at least getting some more details out here and makes everybody at least feel a little bit better about the situation, meaning yeah, Trump had promised that there'd be some type of relief. He's coming forth with the relief, and now we're getting more details on it. I don't think it does anything to change our acre mix as we go into next year, and I wouldn't say it does anything to help our markets here on this old crop, but it's at least good to see that he's following through on a promise that he had made. Well, because of this in place, what are we at? How are we, and what are you hearing with China? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is that I think this last week when we had the discussions with China on trade, we continually heard really that U.S. says there's violations that are happening in regard to intellectual property. And, and China is basically saying that, well, we're following WTO rules, so we hit an impasse there. Uh, the next time that it looks like there's going to be an opportunity for the presidents of both countries to get together will be at the G20 summit. That will happen on November 30th in Argentina. And I think there's actually kind of a a desire by both sides to kind of go ahead and stall here a little bit. I think from the U.S. side, we believe that their economy is softening a little bit. And if we wait a little longer, it actually gives us the upper hand on negotiations. But I think from China's side, they're saying, well, if we can go ahead and drag this out and get it into the midterm elections and some of these tariffs are kicking in and it's causing some higher prices for some of the Trump's base, that ultimately that's going to put some pressure on him and maybe he'll back off on some of his hard stances. So that's that's kind of how things are setting up here. Should producers be worried about other countries trying to work their way into this market with China? I know Russia, for example, offering up some acres for soybeans. Yeah, I definitely think so. Anytime, and that's my biggest fear, actually, Susan, in all of this, is that what we do, just like has happened in the past, whether it was something with Russia or Japan in the past, what we've ran into is situations where it opens the door for other countries to step in. It'd be very natural to see a, a big expansion coming out of Brazil, or as you mentioned, uh, with what you're talking about in Russia, other countries definitely will take advantage of that. And I know we've got to head to break here quickly, but let's start about looking at the corn and the soybean yields. How are you seeing things looking so far? Well, overall, I'd say it's actually finishing a lot better than what we thought. Um, yesterday's numbers showed our corn index was up one, bean X up a couple. And I think we're setting ourselves up to be able to see yields very close to what USDA was thinking on the corn side and actually probably a little bigger than they were thinking on the soybean side. Well, stick around, folks. We're going to talk more about the grain side of markets and, of course, livestock as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Radio Network from the Nebraska State Fair. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. Of course, we had to go to commercial break, Jeff, so we really didn't get a chance to dive into what you're thinking of these corn yields and soybean yields at this point. Yeah, as we look at those corn yields, as we dig into that index, and our index is where we actually look at the good, the excellent, the poor, the very poor, and the fair, and we, we put those all into a composite rating. What our numbers show is that for corn, this would be the 14th highest since 1986. On soybeans, it would be the ninth highest. But digging into actually what how this crop is finishing, a couple questions we do have on the ear fill is that where we're at this stage, we're at the 61% dent, 
And that would be the eighth highest on average. And so we did accelerate this crop through the doe stage and then got it into the dense stage here. But we actually have kind of slowed this crop down here the last couple of weeks. We do believe that this is adding some test weight to the crop. But our question is, is that what kind of damage was done in, in a, from the silking to the doe stage? We think it did impact the test weight, but we don't know at what place we started from. But as a result, we are thinking that we're going to be able to get up close to what the USD estimate is on the yield now on the soybean side what we do know and it was reinforced in the pro farmer tours is that there are a lot of pods out there what we know also is that actually the beans were far enough along that there weren't a lot of blooms so we may not because of these nice conditions we get got get a lot of additional pods but we do believe that the pods that are there will be filled with bigger beans and i think as a result of that we need to prepare ourselves for probably a yield higher than what usda is thinking i've also heard too some areas seeing increased vegetative growth in these soybeans and and again reflecting on the larger pods like you talked about um you know it's always interesting it, it can and it can't with the vegetative growth the key thing on the soybeans is the amount of nodes that we end up getting and then what we end up seeing with the vegetative growth in there sometimes that definitely does mean more nodes and i think that is the case here or in some cases unfortunately it can just mean more distance between the nodes so you actually have a a plant that doesn't necessarily have more pods but it sure seems like this year because of the conditions we had early we definitely have got a lot of pods out there i tell you jeff the other thing we're hearing here at the nebraska state fair is boy harvest is going to be a lot earlier this year than what we had planned will that reflect it all on the prices yeah it is and I, I do think that is definitely coming into place and that's if we think about the big picture in the markets the funds are sitting here short uh, on the corn and on the bean side you know and they're trying to wait and find a point in which they'll turn this market but what they've kind of got is to harvest and and what i mean by that is you've got all this old crop coming in old and new or old crop excuse me coming in cleaning out the bins and then you've got the new crops staring down and coming at them soon here and i think that will put a little bit of pressure on this market we're definitely seeing pressure on the basis side from that but yeah that will put some pressure on this market here in the short term so looking at uh question uh, why are the bases as weak as they've been well, I, I think the big thing on the basis that we're really dealing with is everybody's looking at the fact that China uh, may not be in the market it said to buy the beans. And actually, a lot of the buyers that are on the rail side, not on the crush side, crush demand is still good. But on the rail side, what we're hearing is that they're having a hard time finding bids for additional trains that they want to go ahead and, and ship out. And that kind of has a compounding effect. What the impact could be is that that could mean that we don't have and aren't able to push as many beans out with this big bean crop. And then on top of that, what that does is that could push some soybeans into corn space. So because of the fact that we've got a big crop coming at us, I think that's what's causing us and the lack of demand on the bean side. There's very good corn demand out there on the export side, but that's really what's given us some of these weaker basis levels as we come into harvest. Well, we do have a little bit of time. I want to jump over to the livestock side. Boy, those pork prices yesterday limit up. Not as a repeat of yesterday, though, today. No, it definitely it was it was great to see and it was it was it was really nice to see that the market could go up like that and and that was all really coming I'd, I'd say a couple items there main one was coming out of the Mexican agreement and the discussion there and a few things out of that is one the biggest part is it, it's great to have uh, what looks like our, our best customers back or at least closer to be back in the market and then there's a couple pieces in there that I think gave us more of a 
probably a window dressing effect that won't have long-term effect, but we're going to have about $850 million allocated to supporting some of the hog producers that have been negatively impacted. There actually will be some $558 million worth uh, going through the purchases of the pork products, and they'll be purchased for the food purchase and distribution program. And then there's actually about another $290.3 billion to estimate that will be paid directly over to pork producers, and they're calling this the market facilitation program. So I think we bring those items together. And then I think we also have got some buying that's coming in there from the, the African swine fever um, concerns coming out of China. So there's actually been a few items that have given us a little bit of support to this pork, mar- pork market. Let's hope it continues. No kidding. Lots we had to talk about today. What's the best way for folks to reach you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. All right, sounds good. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.